Welcome in to the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 12-year NFL veteran. He's got some speed to go with strength. Huskers and Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer. Shovel pass to Green into Vikings territory. Finally brought down. And University of Nebraska eSports coach. Green all by himself. 20, 10, touchdown. 98 yards and a Lambo leap. Here is your host, Amon Green. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Mon Green Show. I'm your host, Mon Green. Looking to my left, I see my man, the the CEA, CEO, the boss, DP in the house. How you doing? It is. It's joy, man. This is 100% joy. Got and then I got my man Harrison to my right over here. How you doing, Harrison? Doing good. We got the grand opening this week, so I'm pretty pumped. This thing's fully coming together. It is. Official. Every time I come in, and some I see stuff a little done differently or stuff (sighs) neatened up a little bit Mm -hmm. and. I'm liking it. I'm loving it. Constantly teaching, coaching, adjusting. Yes. <laughs> exactly. We what know we were talking, more. What we were talking before we went live. Uh-huh. Let's go on. Let's get, get, let's get into that conversation. Let's please. Let's please. Um, so we're you know questioning what we've been seeing on the football field the last several weeks with our Huskers, mm-hmm. um, players and coaches. And I'm speaking from just my personal experience as a as now esports director here in my alma mater and what the process, I say my journey to where I'm at now. And what I've seen and what I've experienced really is unfortunate because it's always been, what I've seen is that guys in front of me, they get hired, they just know somebody. You know, they know somebody from another team they coached on or- They know your dad. Dad, uncle, brother, cousin, uh, cousin third remove, something. Yep. And not having- what I have that I bring to the table, 12 years NFL experience, three years at a D1 college at a high level mm-hmm. during that time here. And then, you know, being a multi-sport athlete, being an athlete in general. So then I could come in right away, instantly grad- have that buy-in from a player, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, if I, you know, this hypothetically was here or any college D1 program. Within a couple of days, if it's not here, within a couple of days, they'll figure out who I am. They'll either Google me, you know, who's this Coach Green? Then they'll be like, oh, it's that dude. Well, but you also, the moment you speak, you speak from knowledge and you you don't have to guess. You don't have to. Correct. You don't have to lure them into it. What you're saying, you're speaking from direct knowledge of the thing that they need to know. And the moment they hear you say it. It tells them that I can believe it because it's from a place of knowledge, mm-hmm. not of data. And, and people confuse number, da- yes, data and analytics to knowledge of a thing that you've actually done and gone through in high high volume mm-hmm. at high level. High level. And then also along with being now a coach myself and something I realized when my son was in college, he went to Man- uh, Mankato State. Up in Minnesota, up in Minnesota, just outside of Minneapolis, played running back there for two and a half years. He had transferred uh, from Rochester, that was just a little bit south of there before that. And so, once he got there, Mankato was actually a pretty darn good team. Mm-hmm. And the you know, influx of my son transferring over, he bring they bring he bring you know he brings another part of a game that they need to help in, which was the running back. They had a kid starting. Already, that was an upperclassman, being like sophomore, redshirt sophomore, so technically a junior, 
and just watching my kid into the play. You know, I'm watching it unbiasedly because I know that, you know, it's a, you know, it's a system. You get guys in, guys who've been there longer. Oh, some coaches look at that. You know, I know my coaches didn't look at that here. <laughs> they looked at best man plays, you know, here in Nebraska. But now I've been taught it's what I've seen through the high school ranks and through the college ranks. Unfortunately, it's that, oh, this player's been here longer. He's going to get more time, unfortunately, even though he's not the better player. And I saw that, you know, and I was telling my wife that because she's frustrated. Why is, you know, why is our son not playing? And I'm like, this is, I break it down. And I said just to her what I just said right here on the air. I was like, it's not that he's not good. It's the, that the other player's been here one year long. Trust. It's the it's the trust that might have been built up. Hopefully just more of a common football trust, like as it was with me growing up, playing sports. Coaches put me in because eventually they saw right away, oh, Amon's going to be dependable. He's going to play hard, and he knows his plays. So when you get that from a coach, they're not going to second-guess their decision to put you in in any situation. And they've seen you – in the high repetition of practice. Correct. Right? Yep. That, oh, he's running the same play against the same defenders with the same blockers and getting more production. Yep. And so for me, you know, bring that back to here as a freshman, I'm doing this by week two of my freshman training camp. Coach Osborne, Coach Solich, Milton, Emperor, Charlie McBride, they're all seeing this. And they're like, okay, this kid, eventually we're going to put him, we're going to need to put him in somewhere. We don't know where because we have Lawrence Phillips. So we got a guy that we already know that does, that's that dude. And he's the guy. He's the guy. So, but just in case something happens, we are, we recruited well. We found this kid right up the street at Omaha Central. So thank the Lord for that because that <laughs> did happen. Right. A few weeks into the season. What, you know, we already know the story. I know the story. So to back to today and I say finishing off my uh, son's story is just was, Something I, I realized, it came, it just came, it was got that aha, it was that one of those aha moments I had as a parent, as a coach, as an athlete, because I was watching the team play. And they're at this time in the midseason, they're only, I think they're like four and one or, or five and two, something like that. And they won the previous season. They won the whole conference up there. And so they're in a situation. Situation, they're at midfield driving um, the ball. They're up by two. Third and five. What do you do, DP? At up the at midfield, up two. Mm -hmm. So you just got you got about a minute and so left. You have timeouts. Other team maybe has one. Mm -hmm. Third and five. What do I'm, you do? I'm not throwing the ball because I want the clock to keep running. I got the lead. I got the ball. Best player, safest play, productive yardage. Uh, I'll take the positive yardage because I, I, I whatever space I'm in. Yep. And then I'm going to reload again. I'm going to let the clock run down, and here we go. And I'm and I'm, that's exactly what I'm thinking in my head. What mm -hmm. they do? Play action pass. Oh, <laughs> interception! Like on the so on the opposer opposing team's 35 yard line now. They got one timeout. It's like a minute 30 to go. So within three plays, they're in field goal range. Kick a field goal and win. And so from that play on, and then the rest of the season, you know, my aha moment was like, this is not the talent. It's the coaches. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had a young pro, you know, wasn't, I say, actually it was a, it was a, not a mistake. I look at it as a, when I see mistakes done from either one naiveness where Justin, who I'm referring to, Justice Fields, a couple weeks ago mentioning, he really directly didn't say the coaching. He was kind of saying coaching and this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. People don't realize that, but people's going to catch on to the fact that, oh, he said, oh, my coaches. And then they just stuck on that. But he was adding in all these other layers of things that being one of them that needed to get fixed. And we saw 
a decent production of uh, offense for the Bears this weekend. Not a win, but better production. But to that standpoint is, regardless of the talent you have, regardless, if the coaching is not doing their job, if the coaches are not telling the kids or letting the kids know, hey, you know, reaffir- re- 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 reaffirmation of, oh, good job. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. When, you, when, you, when you're correcting them, when you're um, disciplining them, you're giving all that affirmation because then they could go out with the confidence to say, all right, I am this good. And I've seen it on film. I repeated it over and over again, rinse and repeat. And because that's how I built my confidence from the time I was a kid all the way to once I got here where I was, you know, started watching my own film. And something I didn't do a whole lot in high school, but it's just the way things were. So now for kids today where they're sometimes behind the eight ball because of transfer portal, because of NIL and different things going layered on top of stuff, just being a teenager. Mm-hmm. So when you have that moment, you have your time, if it's in practice, if it's in a game or whatever, the big plays come, then you're overthinking it or not even knowing what you're doing in the first place because nobody showed you. Well, And you're putting things on the plate that don't need to be on the plate. Correct. That's why I said overthinking. <laughs> that's where the right. overthinking comes right. in. Remove, I mean, that's a, such a big part of coaching is, is, is kind of recalibrating focus. Yep. Like allowing people to just be present. I don't need you to think because this is the thing you've done 10 times. Exactly. We were talking about the Harburg fourth and one, and it was like, why would you do a thing that you had not done before? Don't leave your feet because we haven't practiced leaving your feet. Correct. Just do what we practice. And the same thing goes for the people who are blocking up front. Don't Go. reach. Just do what we ask Just you to do. shoot low. Shoot low and drive. We've Everybody does it now. and I know Philly does it religiously. There's a, there's teams now, copycat and Philly's um, rugby scrum mm-hmm. for a first down, which is genius. I mean, I played rugby for a couple of years after I was done with playing in the NFL, and it is the best team-oriented movement that's in football now that's been in, in rugby for probably 100 years well, <laughs> since the inception of rugby. Best so. blocking, best running, best tackling. Yeah. All in rugby. Yep. All in rugby. Like, it, 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 we can st- – like – there are coaches who try to steal some of those things and put them yeah, over. Yeah, Seattle did that. Yeah. They, they, they pretty much, I say got close to mastering it, but you got to do that. You got to think outside the box because obviously this is a different game, different talent, different mindsets. I right away, I got right away when rugby became a thing in terms of tackling mm-hmm. in the NFL because the transitioning was changing towards targeting the helmet, where does it hit, where does it strike players ever since the whole concussion situation came mm-hmm. up in that Around that time, that's when I started coaching high school football in Wisconsin. I was at Oak Creek to coach my son. And then uh, I got back in Green Bay at Southwest and then Freedom. So during those years, I was making the transitions. I was you know, telling myself, okay, this is what I got to coach these players on, on how to be physical runners while still protecting themselves and the person tackling them and vice versa because I coach linebackers. So it's like, all right, linebackers, well, now we, we got to change the target area. You got to be aware of this. And that's just – so if they're not hearing this from me, who are they going to hear it from? If their mom and dad is not into athletics, but as well, you had so. you had the convenience of being a runner, correct? Teaching linebackers how to defend what you know better than anybody else, which is running the football, correct? But you as a runner, where did you want? Like, if somebody's head was in front of you, were they were you more likely to feel them than if their head was behind them? Like that was always the 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 prism the spectrum you had to work on. Yeah, that if I'm trying to tackle Amon Green, I need. In my head, science tells me I should have my head in front of you to at least impede you a little bit more to take some of your Correct. energy away. Yeah. 
But but in the rugby tackle, momentum says that if I can get my arms around you in the same along with my shoulders, along with the shoulders, now that I should be able to use momentum to mm-hmm. pull you away from your natural stride. As a runner, which one had more impact for you? Um, I say as a runner, in terms of being tackled, yeah, it would be the one head away shoulder because then that momentum would bring my body weight with me too and bring me down. Okay. And so with the head coming towards me, and if their head is down looking at the ground, they're not even looking at me, that, that was a problem for them. Well, anybody with a head down against you is going to be a, a problem. Loss. They're going to get put to sleep. Right. And they have several guys that have done that too right. because they're in, a, they're in a defensive position, and now they've gave me all the power because I can see them, they can't see me. And right. I'm going in for contact, and I already I'm always I was basically a terrain hitter, like physical hitter, just like a boxer knows how to yeah. box and throws yeah. an uppercut. Yeah. I knew to do I knew how to do one same foot same shoulder just like Jay as a linebacker. Same foot same shoulders when you have your basically from your your ankle to your knee to your hip to your whatever shoulder left shoulder right shoulder that you're running with and going into contact with. When you do that, that is the most powerful position of the human body. That is basically came from, if you remember the old movie, the 300. Yeah. The Spartans. Yeah. That's how long it's been around because that's where they, with their shelf, with their shield right. and their uh, sword or their spear, that's what they would do. Same foot, same shoulder, all in at the same time to push people back. And you saw it in the movie. So oh. something that's been around for hundreds and thousands of years which used sport in of, football. Which sport of the two was the more physical? Was rugby more wear and tear on the body than football or vice versa? Just the same. It's actually just the same to be, okay. you know, once you, when I, I've talked to players being at there out there for two years with the Olympic team for players from all over the world. So we just didn't have us players. We had the free agent, uh, Fijian players, free mm-hmm. agent, England players, free agent, um, South American, uh, South African players, because those were the best of the best that wanted to come here to try to help right. us get good. Right. Cause like when I was doing that, I was like 10 years ago, literally we were not even ranked in the world. That's what we were at. Well, the, the All Blacks were, were, were the were the guys. Kind of the North Star for how everything was going to be and done. The England team was yeah. good. Um, so, trans, I say bringing in those players, getting in the knowledge, coaching again, because mm-hmm. you're getting coaches from the players yeah. on how to, you know, drive through the hips and bring the hip and make sure you, you follow the shoulders. You don't get in, you know, too, you know, over your feet because that's what happens. The head, once you get your head over your feet, your head is leading in into the tackle. Um, so, you know, to make sure you understand that. And then the experiences, those players, I remember um, Andrew, Big Andrew, I can't think of his last name right now, but uh, he was a guy that played all over the world. He played for the China national team. He played for, now he's played, he played for the U.S. team before he retired. He played for his Fijian team as well. That's where he was born and raised. And for all that experience, like he's playing internationally from the age of 18, traveling the world, and getting literally hand on hands on experience of basically what we do in America, but with shoulder pads and helmets. And so once I went through that process, those two years, and seeing those guys talking to those guys, seeing the film, breaking it down, you know, they're asking me, "Is this much?" I said, you know "I mean, they're asking me things like, would I be able to get you know on a roster and stick on a roster in the NFL?" I'm like, Garrett is one kid. Garrett, <laughs> great football name, Garrett Bender. That was his name. <laughs> He was actually from many. He was a linebacker. He was yeah. from Minneapolis, but no, he was 6'3", 215. Yeah, I'm like you a strong yeah. safety, bro. Yeah, and yeah, you will be starting because yeah. every time you make, you don't miss tackles. You know, didn't miss anything. 
And I'm like, and it was like two or three guys that actually went to mini camps to my time there. They went to tryouts for NFL teams and one got picked up and another one didn't. And it's like, they both should have got picked up. And, and I'm putting them first. I'm going to start them on special teams to teach them the game. But then eventually I'm going to work them into an offensive or defensive position. But this is me, obviously, a seasoned player, understanding football, knowing what the weaknesses are and strengths are of a player as soon as I see them. It takes me one session and a session being 30 minutes to see a player and what they need and what they don't need in terms of development, mentally and physically. Physically, So for the coaches here around college football, NFL, because we see game, you know, Broncos and Miami getting, you know, how you how's the NFL team score seventy points, Harrison? Seventy points. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Me neither. I, I thought played, I, I thought it was setting up good for the Bears. I played too, in the right? NFL. I didn't think that I would never ever see that in my lifetime, but I now I have. So again, it all results back to coaching because you got phenomenal athletes, and they only get better from people around them that are there to get them help them get well, better. Well, know how to get them better. Like right. you actually know the process. You know the path. You can say okay. Here's what's going to be required of you at this next level, this thing that you say you want. And here's how hard you have to work. Yeah. Because yeah. you actually did it. <laughs> and I had to explain to people, I look, I've been around the game for, for, for 35 years. You pick up things. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as being in the locker room, having to pull yourself up off that bench to go practice when you're already beat up, mm-hmm. when you're already sore. To go work out when you're you have an injury and you don't feel like it. Yep. To go to work when things ain't cool at home, you still got to go to work, and those things oh, yeah. have to be shared because most of the college athletes that we that we that we know and are aware of, they don't fail from lack of talent. No, they all have talent. The question is, are you willing to develop it? Are you willing to go through the work? Are you are you, that toughness that we talk about mm-hmm. is just. Are you willing to work to get better even when you think you're good enough? Yeah, and that toughness is physical toughness and mental toughness. And if the mental toughness is not there, the physical is definitely not there. And and I say that that is that is a simple blocking drill session or showing or doing something where there's physicality in a drill and showing that player, okay, this is how you. This is the technique you should have. Mm-hmm. Now I showed you everything, gave you the tools. Now I just need you to, you know, get through this drill, and then we'll talk after. And then after basically saying to the kid, or just play buttonly say it, I gave you the tools. Now you figure it out. And so, it for, helps to identify too. Very much so. Because then, <laughs> are you are you coachable? So that so then the player, if they're listening, in my head is like. You just show me two things. So I just got to worry about those two things. Like, yeah, that's all you got to worry about. Oh, okay, I got it. And that's just literal. no, not much thinking. When you give a player a lot less to think about, they'll be a lot less prone to make mistakes and overthink things. Sometimes you just got to just say, don't think about what we talked about for the last week. We're in this situation. This is what we got to do to win. This is it. Focus on that, and we'll, we'll deal with the rest after practice. We'll watch film if corrected on film. So. You're 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 the perfect person to ask this of because we were talking about fourth and one Huskers fourth and one they get yeah we could talk about this <laughs> <laughs> two things yes first thing we'll start with is you're the running back on the field and they put you in shotgun first of all I'm frustrated okay <laughs> I just want to say that right <laughs> off the bat I'm already like 
I know that we got to do this, but I'm like, Henry, you want to do something different? Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> like, like, you want to talk to like, nudge him. Ugh. Give, give me. Because, I, I mean, I was a stickler with once the, once the play got called in. Wasn't It took my whole career before I, I questioned it. And that means I was probably eight, nine years in the NFL before I questioned the call. So in at Nebraska, I wasn't questioning the call. So I would just run it. So as a player, as a young player, Heinrich, anybody in that in running back that was Grant in there with them, they're not going to question that call. But, <laughs> but, unfortunately, yeah. And you're the runner in the game, and they choose a quarterback sneak. One of you has it in your job description. And I don't care whether it's Tommy or Crouch or Frost. Mm-hmm. The better runner and the, the the guy whose job it is to do this thing is standing behind you or next to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was <laughs> – I think on starting with the coaching staff or the coaching decision, whoever, wherever, the, wherever the decision came from, I think it was just a part of – it was a situational mo- moment where maybe it was a little bit overthinking for a coaching standpoint because any person that understands – what we just talked about for the last 10 minutes from rugby scrums, what, we, what I just mentioned about Philadelphia and what they've been doing successively, that if you put – so the better chances are you're under center with your QB or even running back. But your Q, even if your QB's there, under, you're under center, your percentages go way up to get that convert that first down. You're closer to the line of scrimmage exactly. with the ball already. And they're already getting penetration with their D-line. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. So you now you give them – you get the shotgun, and now you give them those extra yards to get through the line and then be able to size whoever's up with the ball. You know, and you know it wasn't a handoff; it's straight with the quarterback. So it's just something that I, I've, I've say I've definitely experienced as a fan now, um, on many levels. Uh, got a quick story, and so six, seven years ago, I think it was, I'm at the Super Bowl in Arizona. It's Seattle and the Patriots. You know where I'm going. Yep. So we already know what happened in that game, right? Yeah. They should have given Marshawn the damn ball, mm-hmm. right? So fast forward from that game. So this is January, February of whatever that was, 2014, 15. Fast forward to now Wisconsin. I'm in. I'm at the Wisconsin game, standing on the sidelines. And he was a T, actually a coach. He coached me, not coached me directly, but he was on the coaching staff when I got traded to Green Bay, Darrell Bevel. Okay. So I see him. He played at Wisconsin, Nebraska, Wisconsin. I'm at that game. Me and my wife standing on the sidelines pregame. Um, I think it's Scott's first year, I believe. 2018? Yep, somewhere around there. And so, haven't seen Bevel in a while, and I saw him. Sent his body, you know, and the first thing that comes to my head is we talked a little bit and called up. Then I was like, all right, you got to take me back to that game. I was like, so where, where was you in the decision-making process between you, Pete, Pete Carroll, and Russell Wilson? I mean, you two are head coach OC, so I know – some, it came from one of you two. He said, you know what, Amon? And I've heard NFL, since the time I got in the NFL, when I, I knew right away the next words that came out of his mouth was like, I just had this idea. I was like, all right, that's where you messed up. Right there. I knew that. I started hearing that my rookie year in Seattle from coaches. When I had this idea, it's like, No. I stopped him in the conversation. I said, Daryl, you knew better. You had the best <laughs> running back in the NFL. 
in your backfield that the play previous play he ran for 10 yards where he ran through half of the defense without no blocking and then you're going to get him even closer and take his power away by making a decision to throw the ball in a situation where you know Bill Pelichick is 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 drooling at the mouth he wants you to do it because he's filled up the middle with all his defenders but you know what this is plain blunt football don't think too much you know what you got your D linemen. You got your linebackers in the A and B gaps. You know what? We got we got three plays. If I don't get this in, then we shouldn't have win. That's what you should. That's the mindset you should have had. And he said, "No, yeah, man, you're right." And I'm like, "All right, this in." But it's every cautious. it's every bad coaching decision starts with, you know what we should do here? Yeah, you know what we should do here? <laughs> or I have an idea. Yeah. Oh. I was like, no, you don't have ideas right no, now. No. You have decisions and you execute it. That's it. And I was like, oh, no. Brutal. 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 Let's get the break. Austin takes a break. This is the AG Show on 937's Ticket.